0: Welcome into episode 112 here of the sports gospel took last week off life just got too busy on the road again this week but cranking out an episode Darren and Andrew here with you happy to have you all back with us the focal point of this week's episode time to start previewing the NFL getting into some pro football stuff and that will begin with our positional rankings we're going to go through do we decide offense or defense for this episode
1: I think we decided defense for this episode
0: so We're going to go through top our top five, each of us, our top five rankings at each position in the NFL this year, starting with the defense this week, to get you primed the names, the faces, the players you need to know for this year. Before we get into that, any other quick hitter topics we need to get to? I think the first one for me is the British Open, my, my second favorite major in the golf world, and to some people, maybe the top golf tournament.
1: Who are those people? Have they not heard of the Masters?
0: The, the the Brits.
1: Oh, the Brits. Uh, okay. Well, I've, their opinion doesn't count. So
0: it's w- the Masters. I wonder if you ask, I need to ask more golf people which one they prefer. I think it may almost be split 50-50. I think it's definitely PGA Championship is four, U.S. Open three. For me, it's the Masters. And then I think between the Masters and the British Open, golf insiders may be a little split.
1: All right. Well. I can tell you that for all of the American public, it's who doesn't watch golf <laughs> on a regular basis. It's the Masters.
0: Well, would you like to make a pick on a favorite or a dark horse or both?
1: Um, John Rum.
0: So I've got the odds in front of me. According to Caesar's sportsbook, Rory is the overwhelming favorite. He's been the darling of golf this summer. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm is in third right now at 12-1, to and then Cam Smith, and then Victor Hovland and Brooks Koepka. Your top six. Yeah,
1: give me John Rahm to win it.
0: I like it. He's played pretty, I mean, one of the more consistent players, Scheffler and Rahm, that's how they've risen to the top of the rankings. Rory McIlroy as great as he's been. It's been nine years since he's had a major, so it feels like he's kind of a on a mercurial hot streak. Guys like Brooks Kepka, it feels like the British Open isn't really for them. These guys who can just bomb it. And these big wide open courses don't know that I love him. Uh, Some of the other good odds, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Tyrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, the Ricky Sants that's been going on this summer with Fowler was one of the top guys in golf about 10 years ago. And then in the last couple of years, it's totally fallen off. Good to see him getting back in there. usual betting favorites. You'll see Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Spieth, uh, some of the usual names. Yours truly put their money on Bryson DeChambeau. At a fifty to one odd, so not a not a great British Open player, I don't think, but I was feeling squirrely and foolish with my bets. And then Cameron Young, a guy I don't know a lot about, but another up and comer. Yeah, um, I was just about hard. to say Cam Young. Yeah, there's there's getting to be too many Camerons, but I'm I've usually gone to Cam Smith, but I'm giving Cam Young the rub this time. And a little further down, familiar names, Tony Finau, Adam Scott, Justin Thomas, Jason Day, uh Twitter's favorite golfer, Max Homo down there. Well, and then plenty of guys so you can get, uh, you can get a hundred one odds on former two time champion Padraig Harrington.
1: No thanks, but if you're looking for a dark horse, Cam
0: Young. Yeah, Cam Young's a good one. Not not really a household name, so I, I agree with you there. Somebody you can throw some money down at least to get like a. I think there's some bets you get like top ten or top twenty finisher. So and. What else have we had going on in the sports world? Luckily, while traveling, I spend a lot of time sitting in a hotel room, so I just have sports around in the background, so I'm far more tuned in than I usually am to other things going on in the sports world. We had an unranked woman's tennis player win Wimbledon, and uh, this Alcaraz, the next Wonderkin in the men's side win Wimbledon. On the not-as-fun side, we've got what's going on with the Northwestern programs. Uh, Major League Baseball had the All-Star break, and getting fired up after that. Not sure what else we have, just kind of the little bit of everything, if there's anything we want to touch on here first.
1: Yeah, these are the dog days of summer where we're just passing the time until football
0: season starts. (laughs) Everybody's turning out their football content now. We're starting to see all the – and we're going to jump in on this as we are tonight, but you see all the college football stuff especially. I feel like the NFL is slowly trickling up, but we're getting everybody's college football takes, and the Phil Steels and every outlet's doing their college football stuff, which we'll get to here in a couple weeks. I feel like we've really been – inundated with college football talk the last two weeks. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into the meat of the episode this week with defensive players. Now, as as we did last year, and again, because we don't believe in preparation, we kind of took this independently of each other. Now, which position would you like to start at? And then going from there, we may need to explain some of the rules.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, On the D-line, and I'm going to split this into two categories, edge rushers,
0: D-tackles. Now, that leads me into my next. Do you have defensive ends and outside linebackers rolled up into one, or are you considering outside linebackers independent of defensive ends?
1: Of edge rushers, yes. Off-ball linebackers is what I would refer to them as.
0: Okay. Okay, so I think we're we're in similar but different pages. I've I've got I've got D tackles, D ends, outside linebackers, middle linebackers. And he used mine. So I use our lab's depth charts for mine, for if anybody's looking for a depth chart website. I really like their layout and it's really well updated. But you know, that's you know, like Micah Parsons was interesting because he's considered the Leo linebacker in the Dallas defense. So three fours and four threes and three three fives, all these different defensive alignments. So just a quick uh a quick clerical thing there. If we have some players in different places.
1: Yeah, from my from my point of view, Mike Parsons is an edge rusher. Okay. Who sometimes does other things that other than edge rushing.
0: Noted. Well, yeah. so we'll both start here at our number five spot, as you're calling them edge rushers. Uh so I just figure we'll go back and forth five, five, four, four, work our way down our list. Sounds good.
1: Uh, number five spot, edge rusher for me is Mad Max Crosby. Las Vegas Raiders, edge rusher. Um, had a really good season, really burst on uh, to the scene back in uh, 2016, I believe. But um, people have really just picked up on Mad Max in recent years. Only 25 still, uh, but I've got him at my number five spot.
0: And spoiler alert, I do have Max with two X's coming up later on my list, but I went with the ageless wonder Vaughn Miller. People kind of feel like he's falling off, but when you hear pros talk about listening to offensive linemen to this day give interviews, they say nobody plays like Vaughn Miller, even at his age, the, the quickness, the bend ability, the flexibility, the way he's able to beat young offensive tackles on the line, even after 10 plus years in the league. So I got to give credit to Vaughn Miller still doing his thing after all this time.
1: I had him a little bit outside of my top five, probably would have made my top 10, but definitely not in my top five. So uh, here at number, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, yep. Yeah, number four,
1: number four, TJ Watt for me, I believe I had him a little bit higher on this list um had an injury last year that is bumping him down a little bit on my list this year um five and a half sacks only last year but we all know the talent is there for tj watt hopefully injuries don't kind of wreck the end of his career he is 28 so that can't happen at this age as you get older you're more prone to injuries especially after you've had one Uh, but give me tj watt of the pittsburgh steelers at number four
0: and this is, this is why we had that clerical explanation at the beginning of the show. Um, Mr. Watt is in a different category for me. So he is coming up, but he's not on my edge rusher list. I'm going to go with a guy who, to this day, I feel like is very underappreciated. We thought he was maybe going to have one fluke year but then he just keeps doing it over and over again. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals best edge rusher, Trey Hendrickson. After several years in the middle of the pack, he broke out a couple of years ago with the Saints and has been doing great things with the Bengals. When we talk about the Bengals, we get excited about that offense and another no-name defense for Cincinnati. But Trey Hendrickson, I think, may finally be getting some of the love love he deserves. And uh, getting back to your point on Watt, I agree with what you said. Hopefully the injuries don't derail him because I think after about 2020, 2021, he was the premier edge rusher in the game. And last year slowed him down. Hopefully he gets back to form.
1: All right. Yeah. Um, I like Trey Hendrickson. He's probably outside of my top 10 as far as just pure edge rushers go, but I, I don't mind him here at number three. I'm going to go ahead and put the Cleveland Browns on the board. Miles Garrett. Um, Probably number one in 2021, uh, but a little bit, uh, coming off of back to back seasons of 16 sacks. So I've got Miles Garrett here in my number three spot. And you can probably guess based off of that who my top two are. Um, but I really love Miles Garrett and I think two and three are interchangeable and there's a clear one here, but, um, give me Miles Garrett at my number three.
0: Number three, I've got your guy, Max66, Mad Max Crosby. Guy I don't think we talk about it enough how he was kind of underrated when he came into the NFL. Was he a third or fourth round pick? Came in the same draft to the Raiders. They got, was it Jonathan Abram, the defensive back, and Cleveland Furl, a top five pick in the same draft? And those guys have both kind of flamed out with the Raiders. But then here's Max Crosby several years later, still crushing it, one of the best in the game. I think he's you're going to be looking at him as an all-pro. I think he and Miles Garrett are probably your top two all pro contenders in the AFC for this year. Uh, Crosby. Uh, number seven. I was just looking up how much these guys are making. So making a pretty good chunk of change. Their seven highest paid defensive end for the Raiders.
1: I like it. You're a little bit higher on max than I am. Um, it's a tough decision to put max in my top five. I had uh son Reddick and the other Bosa brother hanging around there at my top five. But for number two for me, and I think, again, like I just said, two and three might be interchangeable for me. I consider this guy an edge rusher. And that's Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. Had an absolutely sensational year two, uh, league-leading 29.7 pass rush win rate. Um, did all the things last year that we kind of expected from TJ Watt, if TJ Watt had been healthy for the whole year that was Micah Parsons season he was only bested by one other guy who's going to be at the top of my list uh Mm -hmm. but there's it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of this year we considered uh Micah Parsons to be the best pass rusher in the NFL uh by far bar none um with no one really else in his stratosphere kind of the way we view Aaron Donald for um the interior, spoiler alert, sorry, didn't mean to give anything away, but I don't think it's that big of a spoiler when we're talking about defensive
0: tackles. And number two for me, Nick Bosa, the younger Bosa brother, who was just let you had me got me thinking about Micah Parsons, the NFL top 100 last year. He was number 16. I was trying to see where Bosa was. Where was, I thought Nick Bosa was like a top 10 player last year. Anyways. Yeah. Nick Bosa edge rusher for the 49ers. Again, the depth chart that I looked at considers Nick Bosa a defensive end and therefore three, you can argue if he's an outside linebacker, depending on the alignment, but I think Nick Bosa is the future. He could be the guy we look at having 12 plus sacks every year for the next five years, having just behind one guy, um, just really just a style preference for me on the guy having a first place over Bosa, but Nick Bosa at number two for me.
1: Nick Bosa at number one for me. There you go. Last year's sack king, 18 and a half sacks. Um, definitely the best pass rusher in the league last year and made a lot of game-changing plays. Huge, huge, huge part of the reason the Niners had the year that they had last year. So Nick Bosa, number one.
0: And for me, the guy who was second to him in sacks, but a few more pass deflections, if that matters to you. But I went Miles Garrett. I think he's been the class of edge rushers in the NFL for the last several seasons. Uh, So these guys, Miles Garrett is the third highest paid player. I think Nick Bosa is going to be awaiting a payday here soon. But in terms of pure defensive end, Miles Garrett making a cool $125 million over the next five seasons, base salary of $25 million, not a bad life to lead. I it's really just the size thing. I like that Miles Garrett is just looks like he's built like Megatron, just this jacked beast monster of of a defensive end and he does that has the numbers to go with it. So just by a, a razor thin margin I just like Nick Bo, uh Miles Garrett a little bit more than Nick Bosa really is a kind of a size strength that I want in my defensive ends.
1: All right, fair enough.
0: So to to recap there on our edge rushers defensive ends, my 5 to 1, Von Miller Trey Hendrickson, Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. And if I have yours correct, Max Crosby, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, and Nick Bosa. Yep. I think you mentioned a couple for me. Cam Jordan was the only other one I had on this list. He was my just on the outside looking in guy. If you had anybody else who just missed the cut.
1: Hassan Reddick was the other guy that I had to give a lot of uh, consideration to kind of, um, uh, was a huge part of the Eagles pass rush. Surprising that I didn't put any edge rusher in from the Eagles. Maybe we'll get to them a little bit later, but that was one of the best pass rushing as a unit, um, teams in the league. I believe they let, led the NFL in sacks as a unit. So, uh, Hassan Reddick, 12 and a half sacks in his final year, 16 with Philadelphia last year, his final year with Arizona, I should say. Um, but 16 with Philadelphia last year. So I did have to give him a little bit of consideration. Um, so that's the only guy I really pondered a, a little bit more to.
0: Well, s- spoiler, but I did fit Mr. Reddick into one of my upcoming categories. Are we spoiler, going. Spoiler warning. <laughs> Are we going inside to the big boys next? I think we should. Okay. And this one, I don't know why, but I, I was putting together my list and I came up with kind of winnered it down to a top eight here. And I feel like we could have some differences in opinions here. I don't know if I would call mine controversial, but this is one I think, you know, on the defensive ends, we weren't all that different. We had, you know, three guys the same, and some of that was just a technicality with linebackers versus DNs. But I think my defensive tackle list may be a little bit suspicious, but I'll let you go first with your number five.
1: Yeah. Um my, my number five here, uh, I think there's a couple guys down at number five who are a little bit interchangeable. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a guy who, who signed a four year, 84 million deal with San Francisco and was a pivotal player for the Eagles last year. That's Javon Hargrave. I'm going to put him at my number five spot. He was a huge part of the Eagles pass rush. And you pair Javon Hargrave on the inside with Nick Bosa on the outside. The NFC West offenses are going to have their hands full when it comes to the 49ers this year.
0: That may be a, be a, a bit of an oversight by me. I did not have him in my top eight players. I, I He was great with the Eagles last year, and he meant as much on that defense as anybody for the reason they were so successful. Uh, but good call on Hargrave, a guy that I overlooked a little bit. Uh, for me, starting at number five here, this is a guy who's been around forever. First round overall, uh, first round draft pick in 2011 by the Pittsburgh Steelers, still doing his thing. Cam Hayward, he was in the NFL top 100 last year, right up all the way at 42. So even 11 years into his career, still crushing it. Uh, we feel like he's been one of the class, one of the guys kind of like Vaughn Miller or sorry, Aaron Donald reading Vaughn Miller, thinking Aaron Donald kind of like Aaron Donald for the last decade. Uh, Cam Hayward has been up there. We don't hear quite as much about him because with the Steelers, he more or less frees up guys like TJ Watt to roam and do their work. But for me, Cam Hayward is my number five.
1: I like that. I definitely considered Cam Hayward a lot, uh, but moving on to number four, I think this one may be a little bit of a surprise, but this guy really burst on the scene. He was highly touted coming out of college, very high draft pick. But give me Quinnen Williams of the New York Jets. 12 sacks last year, and that was second among all defensive tackles. I think he's going to have another double-digit sack season this year and come through in a big way. And give me Quinnen at number four.
0: Yeah, the guy who was number one in sacks among defensive tackles last year.
1: Uh, Name the guy who was number one.
0: No, I was just saying, Quinton Williams, it feels like he's the guy everybody's ready to break out. He is, if, if Aaron Donald, well, I'm not saying I agree, feels like the the chatter is if Aaron Donald's going to give up his throne, Quinton Williams is going to be the guy who takes it as the best defensive tackle.
1: I could absolutely see that. I mean, he's only 25 years old, just broke through with 12 sacks last year. Um, Aaron Donald's 32, you know, age, time catches up to all of us, but maybe Aaron Donald will just keep on going like Von Miller does.
0: Right. Now, at my number four spot, when I put together my list and I counted up, I had 27 teams that had a player in one of my top fives. And there were eight teams that had one player each. The Washington Commanders were one of the teams that only had one. And... I went with Jonathan Allen. You could almost argue that his teammate Deron Payne also belongs on this list, but that all first-round defensive front they have there, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Chase Young. I think Jonathan Allen has been the best of the bunch so far. A guy we don't really talk about. He doesn't put up gaudy numbers. Uh, Been around for a couple years now, just kind of starting to blossom, and because Washington is not good, none of us really ever watch or care about commander games. If you find them on your TV, if it's, I don't even know if this is a schedule, if it's Thanksgiving and you're watching the Cowboys and Commanders, take a minute to watch Jonathan Allen tear things up in the middle for the Commanders.
1: I like that. Definitely a guy that I would put in my top 10. Not quite good enough for my top five. Number three, though, um, an ankle injury definitely uh, affected this guy late last year, but he was going to have a, a monster year before that. Jeff Simmons of the Tennessee Titans, he's my number three defensive tackle.
0: I feel like I've said this previously on other episodes, whether it was a ranking or just general NFL talk. Jeffrey Simmons may be the most underappreciated player in the NFL. We talk about Aaron Donald, Quinn and Williams, even guys like Chris Jones. Who they play. He plays for the Chiefs and gets a lot of TV time. I mean, we never talk about Titans players other than Derrick Henry and Jeffrey Simmons. For me, maybe one of the most, if not the most underappreciated players playing right now.
1: Yeah, he's definitely up there. He gets forgotten about a lot just because he's on a team that's kind of middle of the pack.
0: Now, here's where I start my controversial opinions here. Number three, I'm going Aaron Donald. I I think the time has come that the King may be starting to lose a little bit of the shine, maybe losing a step, been around a long time, potentially a top 10 all-time player, all-time defensive player in NFL history. The guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been the best at his position in the last 10 years, deserved every flower and credential that he's ever received. But I think as we look into 2023 and beyond, Aaron Donald may be slipping a little bit as a top three, still all pro caliber, pro bowl caliber. I just think he's got peers who are surpassing him in the future.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite there with Aaron Donald yet. Um I see your case, but I I'm not quite there. Uh so spoiler alert, Aaron Donald is not going to be my number 2. Uh but uh, my number 2 will be a guy who's critical for the Kansas City Chiefs that you just mentioned and that is uh Chris Jones. He uh had a fifteen and a half sacks season last year, obviously number one amongst all the uh, defensive tackles and was a huge part of that Super Bowl win and uh when the Chiefs really needed him, he stepped up in the playoffs and he's obviously one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Absolute game wrecker. So give me Chris Jones at number two.
0: And Chris Jones is in my in my group of three just on the outside looking in because I'm going to guess you don't have any of the other by process of elimination. I don't think you have the other two. But I had Chris Jones, Eric Armstead, and DeForest Buckner as my guys just on the outside of the top 10 who I considered, but uh, just Pro Bowl caliber guys, um, but just had them on the outside. For me, it's amazing. Right. I just wonder if or Chris Jones and Aaron Donald may be aging out while some of the younger guys are taking their place.
1: I mean, 15 and a half sacks says otherwise on Chris Jones.
0: Uh, Number two for me is a guy you basically said everything about already, but that's Quinn and Williams. The Jets are going to get a lot more playing time this year with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to show Jets games and highlights left and right. So the world is going to get exposed to Quinn and Williams if they aren't already believe maybe the highest drafted defensive tackle in recent memory. Did he go number two overall a couple of years ago? I need to get that draft in front of me. Um, but kind of almost unparalleled expectations for a defensive tackle. And I think it's, he really broke out last year. I think it's time he takes the next step this year. Uh, Yeah. 12 sacks last year. I think he really asserts his position here in the, the elite of the elite defensive tackles. So Williams with the jets.
1: All right. No surprise here. Uh, I think maybe he's losing his grip on the number one spot a little more than last year. Going into last year, that high ankle sprain didn't do him any favors. But number one for me is Aaron Donald. I'm going to keep him at the top, basically, until he hangs it up. So if we do this again next year, I'll probably have Aaron Donald at the top again, barring something crazy or unforeseen, maybe a breakout Quinn and Williams performance. But uh, give me Aaron Donald here. Only going for a slight decline, but I think he'll keep rocking and rolling for a few more years. Um, probably one of the best defensive tackles, if not the best defensive tackle that we've ever seen in the NFL. So give me Aaron Donald here at my number
0: one spot. And I'm guessing the listeners have pieced it together by a met by a My number one is Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans, Tennessee. I guess I had three Tennessee guys make my top five across the board here. Simmons, the highest ranking of them all. I think he's the best player on that team. Potentially, maybe he and King Henry, depending on how you feel about running back value. Uh, Simmons, four-year, $94 million deal, third highest paid defensive tackle behind Quinnen Williams and Aaron Donald. Came in at 54 last year on the NFL's top 100 player list. Just a beast, a mall, your quintessential big body to fill up space. He's maybe not, not the athlete of an Aaron Donald, but if you just want a space eater to wreak havoc and destroy your offensive lineman, give me Jeffrey Simmons there. So quick recap on those. So my five to one, Cam Hayward with the Steelers, Jonathan Allen with the Commanders, Aaron Donald with the Rams, Quinnen Williams with the Jets, and Jeffrey Simmons with the Titans. You had Javon Hargrave, who it's still hard for me to think of him as a 49er, Quinnen Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones with the Chiefs, and Aaron Donald at number one. Yes. And then any uh, just on the outside looking ins that you had?
1: A uh, guy that you mentioned, DeForest Buckner.
0: Yeah, he's one. I don't know if it's just because the Colts have kind of slipped. I feel like he's not as he's still great, but I feel like he's just not as talked about as he maybe was when he first went to the Colts.
1: I think it's it's a little bit of the Colts slipping. Um, Yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with it.
0: Uh, Are you how do you feel about an impromptu trivia game? Let's do it. Uh, So I mentioned Quinnen Williams. He was in the 2019 draft. I couldn't think of the year off the top of my head. He went third. How many of the other top ten players from that class can you name? I'm I'm willing to give hints.
1: Oh boy! Um, wow. Was that the Joe Burrow?
0: Joe Burrow, I believe, was twenty twenty.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, Burrow, Burrow was twenty. This, there was a quarterback oh. first overall, though.
1: Yeah, I know there was. Um... How uh, was this the golf year?
0: No, Goff was 20, yeah, twenty sixteen. I think was golf. This was like a. Weird, this was not a glamour draft. Other than the top quarterback taken, this this was a big guy draft. This is all. Defensive. Oh, was this? I mean, defensive was
1: this player. the Kyler Murray? The Kyler it, Murray draft.
0: This is the Kyler Murray draft, and I believe the only other quarterback in the first round was Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, so it was yeah. Kyler Murray, and then it became. Well, well, there's some tight ends in here, but yeah, no running backs, no wide receivers. Oh,
1: yep. Kyler Murray, yep. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, no fan.
0: Yep, Hawkinson went eight.
1: No fan was in there. I don't know if you was top 10. He was not. He was not, not, he was the not top 10. Yep. Yep, this is the Hawkinson fan year.
0: Um, there's some really good names in here. I don't know if the whole class is great, but there's a lot of Pro Bowlers.
1: Uh, yeah. Is this where we had the run on offensive tackles too?
0: Uh, not necessarily a run. They were kind of sprinkled in there. I think you that may be the Burrow draft as well, where there's like a, like the Tristan. Oh yeah. yeah. I
1: was, I was, was thinking the worst Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas here.
0: Yeah. Makai Beckton, Yeah, the, 2020 draft was Mekhi just all offensive in. tackles.
1: Yeah. 19 uh, was a great,
0: 19 was a great defensive year. I think we'll actually talk about some of these guys further down the road.
1: 19 was a great defensive year.
0: We talked about, well, Quinn and Williams was three, but we've talked about
1: Devin White, Jeff Simmons.
0: Yep, so uh, Devin White went number five. Yeah. Uh, 19.
1: Was there Tredavious White this year as well?
0: Uh, I feel like Tredavious White's a lot older. Uh, No name close to that.
1: Brian Burns? Was this a Brian Burns year?
0: Brian Burns was 16. Oh shoot!
1: I'm getting down deep.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I just I did not. I there's one quarterback in here I completely missed. I totally forgot this guy. He's, I'm staring at the draft, and for some reason I just skipped right over his name. My brain did not compute.
1: Yeah, what team did he go to?
0: Still playing for the New York Giants somehow.
1: Daniel Jones.
0: that yeah, Danny Dimes. I was staring right at this and didn't not even compute that he was Danny there.
1: Dime. The Danny Dimes here. Um, man, I, I don't really remember the 2019 draft that well.
0: So you've got Kyler Murray one. This is your Nick Bosa went to the, because everybody knew Kyler was going to go first because quarterbacks. And then the debate was Nick Bosa or Quinnen Williams. Niners ended up yes. going Bosa, Jets went Williams. The Mike Mayock Raiders went Cleveland Furrell. Everybody was like, look at all these defensive linemen and linemen. Mm-hmm. And they went down to like a second round guy to get Cleveland Furl. Uh the Bucks got Devin White at five, number six Danny Dimes went to the Giants. The defensive Josh Allen to the Jaguars, Hawkinson at eight to the Lions, Ed Oliver to the Bills, and Devin Bush to the Steelers.
1: Ah, yep. Okay, yeah. A lot of
0: defensive guys. Not long after that, your guy Rashawn Gary to the Packers.
1: Oh, beautiful.
0: And yes. this, was, this was the year that had all the Clemson defensive linemen. They had Cleveland Furl at four, Christian Wilkins 13, and Dexter Lawrence, a guy who should be in our defensive tackle conversation, went to the Giants. There was, that was when Clemson was amazing, and they had three offensive linemen go in the top 20. Three defensive yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Those three guys were amazing. Yep.
0: All right. So are we going linebackers?
1: We are going linebackers, just linebackers in general here.
0: Okay. I'm going to start inside or outside.
1: Uh, I mean, I kind of lumped all my linebackers into right. just one category. So I'm just going five linebackers total. Okay. All right. Number five for me, Devin White. Uh, slipped off a little bit. Did not, definitely didn't have his best year. Um, injuries, no interceptions, only five passes defended. Um, He's got the talent, but he definitely didn't didn't show it in a lot of ways last year. So give me Devin White at number five. I think that might surprise some people.
0: I am a huge Devin White fan, so I'll get to him in a minute. A quick rundown. So I did parse out my Offensive line, uh, my yeah, outside linebackers and middle linebackers. So I'll focus on the middle here, but just for a quick sprint through on my outside. So they will find a lot of the guys that you had on the edge rushers. Uh, I had Matt Jude on at five, Brian Burns four, Hassan Reddick, three, Micah Parsons two, and TJ Watt one. So I split my defensive end and outside linebacker. But I think when I roll that in with your, that picks up all your edge rusher guys, and we get Hassan Reddick his just deserts there. And Matt Judon, a guy who is was never really appreciated with the Ravens, but has really caught on with the Patriots.
1: That's true. That's
0: true. And
1: uh, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was just so my in terms of the traditional linebackers, a guy that I think is really coming into his own. He's been a tackling machine the last couple of years, and that's Jordan Brooks. I he doesn't really get the adulation and attention of many of his peers, but Jordan Brooks for the Seahawks. Uh, Really filling in, taking over what Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright were for them for the last decade. He's the next generation there for Seattle.
1: All right. I like that. That's a little bit off the radar for me. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who's been around for a long while. He probably doesn't get talked about a lot. He just racks up a ton of tackles, and he's a key member of the Buffalo Bills defense. I think you know where I'm going with this. This is Matt Milano. Three interceptions, 11 pass deflections, um, and just a ton of tackles, including a ton of tackles for loss. But give me Matt Milano at my number four spot.
0: I I appreciate that pick by you. I think he was a pro bowler last year. I don't have the right screen in front of me. Like you say, a guy who's been on forever and never gets any appreciation like the Jeffrey Simmons of linebackers. Did not, he was just on the outside looking in for me, but I'm a huge fan of Matt Milano's game.
1: All pro first teams and first pro bowl last year.
0: Nice. Uh, for me, I'm going with the guy who was probably jumping for joy when he got to leave Chicago, Roquan Smith now playing in, he went from the classic best linebacker team to the more modern best linebacker team, went from the bears to the Ravens and is now playing for a much better franchise so Roquan Smith, fourth in the league in tackles last year, three interceptions, weirdly high for a linebacker, and added four and a half sacks on that. So you want your very fitting for a guy who plays for the Bears and the Ravens, just your prototypical old-school linebacker, Roquan Smith.
1: I like that pick. We're on the same page a lot here. Um, however, at my number three spot, I'm going to go with a guy who was with the Buffalo Bills, last year and is now going to the Chicago Bears. Tremaine Edmonds coming in at number three for me. Uh, just got a $72 million over four-year contract from the Bears. Uh, had um, has just six and a half sacks and five interceptions in five seasons. Uh, but I think he's an elite talent um, and he's going to show really show himself as one of the best linebackers in the NFL again this year. Give me Tremaine Edmonds at number three.
0: And a guy who I think he just signed a huge new deal in the off season He's the fifth highest paid linebacker. Um, yeah. Big fan of both four of years, brothers.
1: Four years, 72. A big deal uh, from the Chicago Bears, which we can talk about them not wanting to pay Roquan Smith and then subsequently paying <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds.
0: Yeah, they're burning that whole thing down and building it back up.
1: Yeah. Um, but in a que- in a very questionable manner,
0: <laughs> at least from my eyes. Uh, my number three guy, who I think kind of broke out of the scene last year. If you watch the Super Bowl, you got to see a lot of this guy, Kansas City Chiefs Nick Bolton. I remember in the draft when he came out. I think they got him in the second or third round, and you wonder why the Chiefs are so good. They're able to find these late round guys, middle to late round guys. They don't just stick their first round picks all throughout the draft. They're snagging difference makers wherever they can get them, tremendous value picks. Nick Bolton, only in second or third year, still in that rookie deal. So we talked about guys getting paid. He's going to be in that 72 million plus club here in a couple of years. So Nick Bolton just a quintessential pure tackling machine. Finished last year, uh second in total tackles or solo tackles. Sorry.
1: Nice. Uh, And number two, I got a guy that you already said a lot about. I don't think I need to go into uh, a huge spiel about this guy, but my number two is a guy named Roquan Smith that plays for the uh, Baltimore Ravens now after being with the bears for all those years. So give me Roquan Smith, my number two spot.
0: And fittingly, I'm taking a guy that you had and he just looks like a linebacker, just so fierce and menacing looking. And that's Devin White. I've been a big fan ever since he came out of LSU, doing great things. Tampa may not be a lot to watch in Tampa in the post-Brady era. Devin White will be something to watch there and see where his future goes. I wonder if they if he maybe is a guy you could look at moving for some pieces. He's going to be a difference maker and I think a guy that a contender would want first round pick in 2019 for them. So huge fan of Devin white. And I think I, I I would be willing to bet we're on the same page for number one. I remember last year, this is like the one that we had the same position at number one.
1: Yeah, we are. And I'm putting uh, the Niners back on the board with another number one player here, Fred Warner here. Uh, Number he's age 26. uh, Just Completely dominant in his first five seasons. Uh, first among linebackers and passes defended, fourth in tackles, fifth in, uh, pass breakups over the last five seasons. So he basically does it all. Um, just as good against the run as he is against the pass and, uh, still has good years left being only 26. So he's kind of the class of, uh, the linebacker spot with uh there in the inside with Fred Warner. So
0: I'm, I'm with you on that one. And for as great as Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead are up front, and then Dre Greenlaw next to him, and uh Talanoa I always hate trying to say this name Ta, Talanoa Hafanga, uh, emerging safety who we may talk about later. It all starts with Fred Warner, he's the brains of the operation. There's such a smart linebacker, guy you can just watch the he's he's playing chess when you're playing checkers so fun to watch him play out there and such a smart linebacker and yeah Fred Warner absolutely deserving a number one here
1: yeah but you you see why the Niners defense is so good I mean you named all those guys off right in a row Fred Warner and Nick Bosa obviously leading the way but yeah Eric Armstead and Dre Greenlaw it's Hargrave, it's just an embarrassment of riches on the Niners defense. And of course, they're not bad on the back end as you kind of just pointed out. So yeah, uh, you want to understand why the Niners are a good football team? It's because they have a lot of elite players at every level on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, that John Lynch guy knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Kyle Shanahan guy knows what he's doing with offense. I'm afraid I think he could put a wet paper bag out there at quarterback and probably make it work.
0: What are you saying about Brock Purdy?
1: I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said this. I hope uh, I didn't offend every Cyclone fan out there.
0: But uh, I
1: also hope I did.
0: On my list here, so we'll talk about this more next week, but at all the positions when I look at the top five, the Buffalo Bills and the Ravens had four, the Chiefs and the Eagles each had five, and then the 49ers had seven. So that, again, like I say, if you're curious why the Niners are good and why the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Bills are all good, roster management.
1: Yeah, really good roster management.
0: There is one name. A couple of years ago, we were all infatuated with this guy. I was curious if he was going to pop up on your list as I pivot here to just off the board, and that's Shaq Leonard. Uh, He was kind of up there with Fred Warner a couple of years ago. And again, is it another case of the Colts falling off altogether? but he just missed out for me Demario Davis. I have the saints who I just kind of have a personal man crush on. And then CJ Mosley. I was curious if CJ Mosley would make your list, but those were the guys who just missed out for me.
1: Yeah. Injuries for, in the case of Shaq Leonard, um, CJ Mosley, just he's age 31 now. And so he's on the wrong side of, of 30 for a linebacker. It's really tough to play linebacker at that age. But don't worry, we've got plenty of young talent coming. Uh, maybe next year we can talk about a guy named Jack Campo when we make this linebacker list. It's very hmm. possible.
0: I'll let you talk about him.
1: All right, well, you'll probably have to be talking about him because he might be in our number one spot within the next two years. So.
0: All right, so you want to move on to corners slash nickelbacks slash whatever we want to call them in the modern NFL? Yeah, I'm just gonna just to
1: simplify it. I'm just gonna go corners. I'm not gonna try and separate out the nickels. I'm just gonna call it corners and safeties from here on out. Those are my last two. Okay. I'm not gonna try and sep- out, separate out the nickelbacks, although there's a ton of them. Uh, it is just a lot to go through all the nickelbacks. So thank I'm you. Steve, start- I'm
0: gonna- I only had five cornerbacks, so if you're gonna make me try to parse out nickelbacks, I was gonna have to do a lot of quick thinking.
1: No, no, I'm not going to try and make you parse out nickelbacks at all. Um, but number five here, I'm going to put the Eagles on the list here on the board. Darius Slay, big play Slay. He's 32. He, uh, had quite the renaissance last year in Philadelphia. It was a huge part of the reason why they made it to the Super Bowl and He is still capable of being in that true number one corner, even at the age of 32. Uh, Give me a big play Slay here at number five.
0: Uh, I like Darius Slay a lot more than you. I'll just say that. Uh, This may be another controversial one. I'm going to Mod Sauce Gardner at number five. Yes, he was amazing as a rookie. Uh, I may be in team Asante Samuel here on this debate, but it was one year and he played in the New York market. If he had a season like that for... The Vikings or the Cardinals, would he be getting the attention he's getting? He had a tremendous rookie season, but I need more than one year. We saw this with uh, uh, Trevon, almost said Stefan, Trevon Diggs, tremendous season and then kind of cooled off last year. Same thing with JC Jackson. I feel like cornerbacks are the defensive version of running backs could have a great season here or there, but it's really tough to find consistent guys like Darius and Some of these other names we are going to get to. So for me, Sauce Gardner, tremendous talent, tremendous future, but I need to see more than one year sample size to move him any higher.
1: Yeah, um, I think I might be going a little bit higher on Sauce Gardner than you. Uh, But number four for me is another guy um, who did play for the Rams last year, but he is now a proud member of the Miami Dolphins at my number four spot, Jalen Ramsey. Um, one of the best corners of probably the past decade. Um, but I think he's going to have a sensational year next to, uh, Xavier and Howard. And man, that Miami defense, uh, you want to talk about uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and the offense that the Miami Dolphins have, but their defense is not all that bad, especially in the secondary with Ramsey, Howard, and then also uh, Javon Holland who who we might get to but yeah give me Jalen Ramsey at number
0: four another guy I have a little further up my board a guy maybe a younger guy who's going to be the future as guys like Slay and Ramsey move out of the league but I've got Patrick Sertan the second obviously the pedigree is there with his father being in the NFL and guy just starting out his career with the uh, Broncos but watch him here in the next couple of years. I I think he ascends the ladder and this may be his true breakout year. And then we'll be talking about him for the next five or six years. So Pat Sertan, the second at my number four.
1: Yeah. Give me softs at number three. Uh, Obviously the best Jets corner that we've seen since Rivas Island. And yeah. And he's going to be in that same stratosphere again this year so give me sauce who absolutely just shuts people down at the number three spot
0: me number three is a guy that i did not expect to have on my list but as i looked at the numbers philadelphia eagle and we wonder why they were so good on defense you have this guy playing opposite darius slay james bradbury is looking at pro football reference doing research for this list and he was uh, i don't have the exact stat in front of me how to, i'm trying to think how to explain it uh, lowest completion percentage against, if that makes sense and not necessarily a guy I would have expected, but quarterbacks were trying him and he was shutting everything down. So if you want a a blanket coverage, shutdown corner, James Bradbury guy, we don't usually think about in the elite of the elite, but if you want to go by numbers, he belongs in this conversation. So I've got James Bradbury at number three.
1: Yeah, I got to admit, that's a really surprising name for me to hear. In uh, the top five, it's surprising uh, name for me
0: to write down. Yeah, I I ended up with like sixteen cornerbacks to trying to narrow it down to five. There's, it's. I feel like this is so subjective based on what you like and what you look for, and there's so many guys who maybe have one or two good years and then fall off or come out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but I'm gonna go with a guy that you talked about, and he's one of only four NFL players to pick off Mahomes multiple times at my number two spot Patrick Sertan the second he's going to be in my number two spot Uh, again just probably preference rate but uh, anyone who uh, picks off the best quarterback in the NFL and maybe quite possibly on his way to being one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history um, multiple times already Patrick Sertan has got to be up there and give me him at number
0: two. He, was, I was trying to look him up quickly. You were talking. I thought he came out in the 2021 draft. Am I wrong on that? Was he 2020? I think he was
1: 2021. Yeah. Cause he's only 23 years old.
0: I remember that being like a cornerback heavy class. And pers- yeah, he was okay. He did go ninth. I just overlooked him. But he was went right after J.C. Horn. So J.C. Horn, Pat Sertan, Caleb Farley, Greg Newsome, a lot of cornerbacks came out in that class.
1: Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And uh, I would say Sertan and Horn are definitely worth their weight. And Sertan was obviously a lot of the – part of the trade rumors when the Broncos were going to go after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there was trade rumors about Sertan, Jerry Judy, others. So Mm – yeah, but thankfully for Denver, he's still there.
0: And number two for me is a guy that you mentioned, Miami Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey. I I tried to fit both Dolphins guys on here, but I couldn't quite find room for Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, be curious to see if he kind of comes back to life. He was dynamite when he first got to the Rams and felt like he fizzled later. Hopefully getting back to Florida will reignite him. Jalen Ramsey opposite Xavier and Howard, they could shut down anything coming their way. I think there's still plenty in the tank left for Ramsey, even though he's getting a little bit older than some of uh, the other guys on this list, but I think he's still got something to prove and is still an all pro caliber.
1: All right. I like it. It's a little, it's a little high on Ramsey for me, Um, but in my number one spot, I'm going to take a guy who had five interceptions last year and who, when he, did finally um, get the chance to follow Justin Jefferson around the field, shut him down. Uh, That is Jair Alexander in my number one spot for the Green Bay Packers. So best corner in the league has been for a few years now. Not going to move out of my number one spot, probably for a few more years. Jair Alexander, number one.
0: I had a feeling you were going to sneak in one of those Packers defensive backs here before this was over.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, For me, and I tipped my cap to this earlier, a little bit of a hint. For me, it's Darius Slay. I think he had that career renaissance you mentioned, really came back a guy who was underappreciated and then finally got the appropriate hype and then cooled off. And I think he's been back and he's as as good as a physical shutdown cornerback as there is in the NFL and playing in that Eagle system, I think is going to give him every opportunity to shine. So give me Darius Slay as my best cornerback. Um, I had I had Mister Alexander on my about number six and seven spot. I mentioned Xavier Howard. Also had Quandre Diggs and Tariq Woolen as guys that I wanted to try to find spots for, but uh, only so many.
1: Yeah, uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marshawn Lattimore, Trayvon right. Diggs, Denzel Ward.
0: Yeah, there's so, Howard, many, so Horn, many good cornerbacks. Yeah,
1: there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's just a lot of good cornerbacks in the NFL right now.
0: And so you merged your safeties into one, one big safety group.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing nickelbacks. It's just it's just safety group for me.
0: Okay. So I, I I merged mine in while we were talking. So I I had them split out by free safeties and strong safeties. Compliments, despite not making the top five, to Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Darnell Savage, Kevin Byard, Jesse Bates, Javon Holland, Jalen Petrie, Cameron Curl, Teron Matthew, and Talanoa Hufanga. Those those guys would have been in my conversation if we had it spliced, but I winnowed it down to just five combined free and strong safeties.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I am going to put at number five, again, Miami Dolphins, they might have the best secondary in the NFL this year Uh, because Javon Holland absolutely burst on the scene and he is at my number five. Um And I think he's only going to be better with a guy like Ramsey joining them this year. So if you've got Ramsey and Howard on the outside and then you've kind of got Holland roaming in the middle of the field, that is going to be an absolute nightmare for I'm sorry, Mr. Rogers. I'm sorry, Josh Allen, but you guys are going to be having a tough time when you play the Miami Dolphins this year. Um, and Mac Jones, you're probably just going to be having a tough time, (laughs) but, uh, um, Miami has a really good defense. I'm really big on Miami this year. If you haven't picked up on that yet, you will, but I'm, I'm a little bit higher on Miami than, than most.
0: Javon Holland just sounds like a football player name. I saw a lot of him when we were both in the state of Oregon at the same time playing his college ball, a guy that if he fell in the draft on. I didn't quite understand. It was only the second. It's not a big slide, but a guy who felt like he should have been drafted a lot higher, just uh, would have been about seven for me among the free safeties. Another guy who, you know, maybe one my year and I'll move him up. Like you say about the dolphins, they are, I need to trust the offense and the coaching, but defensively, we didn't even talk about Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, or Jalen Phillips on their defensive front. Jalen Phillips is primed to be in that elite sack master category, and they've got Bradley Chubb, who's still got something to give. So they have really plumbed the free agency pool the last couple of years to bolster that defense. And they, that could be a terrifying secondary to face.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, they have decent linebackers as well. And, the secondary is absolutely terrifying when they're, when they're
0: healthy. So number five, for me, I'm going to the opposite end of the spectrum. Instead of a young guy, I went with maybe the oldest in this entire group, the ageless wonder from your hated Minnesota Vikings, Harrison Smith, five interceptions last year, good enough to be tied for second in the NFL. The guy just never seems to never seems to get any older, despite being around for a decade. Now, one of the smartest safeties, one of the best hitters, but also a ball hawk. He can do everything in the secondary. If he had a little bit fewer miles on the tires, I may have him ranked a little bit higher. But as it stands, I still think Harrison Smith uh, is one of the top five safeties in the league.
1: I'll just be honest. I don't have Harrison anywhere near my top 15.
0: <laughs> Oof. In Ain't terms
1: nothing. of safeties, um, I just I just don't.
0: It's It's okay. Uh, you, you can be wrong sometimes. It's okay.
1: He's falling off. He's really falling off a cliff. No. Okay. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, a, maybe a little bit less of a year for this guy. Um, but he's still good. He gutted through some injuries, still made a pro bowl. Um, gets forgotten about a little bit because Arizona's not been very good or as good as they should be, but Buda Baker for me at number four.
0: Yeah, a truly underappreciated guy because, again, he's playing for Arizona, which is my pick for the team to have the first overall draft pick this next year. Buda Baker's is going to do his part to change that. And he was a guy in the offseason, and it may have just been some smoke to try to get some you know, contract conversations going. But if Arizona is really just throwing in the towel, I could see Buda Baker wearing a New Jersey before the year's over if there's a contender who wants him bad enough.
1: Yeah, I think he's a very likely candidate to get traded, So, and hopefully for him because he's deserving of being on a, a good team. Uh,
0: number four for me, going another guy. I'm starting off with the older end of the pool, and that's Justin Simmons with the Denver Broncos playing right next to Patrick Sertan. You talk about secondaries you don't want to face. We kind of forget how good Denver's been because the Russell Wilson debacle last year and how much their offense has slowed, but in the last five to 10 years, the Broncos have been one of the most consistent defenses. Justin Simmons has been a huge part of that the last couple of years. Top 100 player in the NFL last year. Guy, six interceptions at free safety. In just 12 games, stop to think about that. Five fewer games and tied for the league lead in interceptions. Forced three fumbles. A guy who can hit like a truck in the defensive backfield. So give me Justin Simmons as uh, just one of the most violent the best safeties we have in the game today.
1: Yeah, thank you for saying everything that I was about to say because I have Simmons at my number three spot. And you mentioned the Denver Broncos, uh, Sertan, Simmons, great secondary, Josie Jewell, middle linebacker who played great yeah. last year. Uh, got, sorry, you gotta throw in Iowa references whenever <laughs> I can. But, uh, yeah, so especially if we're not, if I'm not going to talk about Amani Hooker or Micah Hyatt in my safety rankings here, although I probably should because those guys are good and consistent as well. But um, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, basically with everything you said about Justin Simmons, but we'll probably get to uh, see the Broncos thrive maybe a little bit because I believe that Sean Payton might be a better head football coach than Nathaniel Hackett. (laughs) I just, I just that's have a, a feeling that Sean true. Sean Payton might be a little bit better for that team than, than Hackett was just, just a sneaking suspicion.
0: Uh, number three, for me, I'm going to stay in that same division. And again, I may be drinking the Kool-Aid on the hype from a couple of years ago, but I still think there's something to Derwin James. He's certainly being paid like at the highest paid safety in the game right now for the chargers just all the tools are there, all the hype is there. Let's get back to having the production of one of the best defensive players and league get back to that all pro level. So, I'm not going to give up on Derwin James quite yet. So, give me the former Florida State Seminole at number three.
1: Um, so yeah, maybe you just looked at my list <laughs> and decided to put all my guys just one spot lower, uh, because I've got Derwin James at my number two. So, again, you. You took the words right out of my mouth. Second team all pro last year, four sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, 115 tackles. So that just symbolizes that he does a bit of everything. Like he will go up and rush. He will cover. He will play run support. He literally can do anything you want him to on a football field. And that's, what makes him so valuable is because he can move all over the place. So he gets labeled to safety, but he'll probably cover, he'll cover slot guys. He'll cover tight ends, right? Whoever that best maybe inside weapon is for the other team, he's probably going to cover that guy. So, mm-hmm. and if a team has a strong running game, then Durham and James is going to be up in the box and helping out and run support. And he's just such a sure tackler that, it's going to be hard to run the ball in the Chargers when Derwin James is in the game. So uh, consistent, solid. Other than like an injury plagued 2019, 2020, he's uh, had a good couple of seasons of health. And uh, I don't I don't see any reason why he should be any lower than number. I think number two is the perfect spot for him.
0: Uh, the that's what concerns me is the two lost seasons of 19 and 20. You could argue his rookie campaign in 2018 was his best year or last year. So it felt felt like we finally bounced back from the two years that he lost. And if he's if he's truly back to that 2018 form and he keeps building on last year, he's going to be right up there in the thick of, you know, darris even like a defensive player of the year type conversation with all the things he can do. Yeah, possible. Uh, number two for me is a guy that you mentioned who may have a claim to being the fastest player in the NFL, if most assuredly in the conversation, and that's Buddha Baker, the lone bright spot for the Cardinals. Another one of the teams who had one player make my top five lists and it is Buda Baker. He's going to have to do everything for that Cardinals defense this year. And he's one of the most talented players on the planet. So just give me Buddha Baker, sheer athleticism, speed. He can do a little bit of everything and please NFL gods help him get traded to a better team.
1: Yeah, seriously. He uh he absolutely deserves it. Uh another guy who maybe should be on a better team, but I think he's doing all right with his current team, wearing black and gold, Pittsburgh Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick, the number one safety. <laughs> um he probably had his most dominant season last year. Um just an absolute ball hawk and that trade that the Steelers made with uh, Miami really paid off for them. But uh, I really like what the Steelers have building. I mean, obviously T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Mink Fitzpatrick. Uh, I, again, a lot of the things we said about Derwin James apply to Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think he brings you a little bit more in terms of just being a pure ball hawk as well. So, um, yeah, give me Minka at number one.
0: Yeah, I am surprised how similar our safety lists are. I did not expect this to be the position. We had four out of the five the same in some different positions, but agreed on Minka Fitzpatrick here at number one. He does everything. The the consummate five-tool player, size, speed, athleticism. He can hit. He's a ball hawk, led the league in interceptions last year. Just does a little bit of everything. I was trying to see just using the NFL's top 100 last year where he ranked among all defensive backs. It, it, like you say, that trade was great. He's the perfect Pittsburgh Steeler guy, and he's really excelled with them since he came there. Started out great with the Dolphins and then took it to the next level with the Steelers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just hope the Steelers are good enough this year that he gets to be a part of a winning team.
0: Get T.J. Watt back and have him there. Could be back to the old Steelers. Is just all on Mr. Pickett.
1: Yeah, Kenny Pickett just has to put on a big year, too. No big, <laughs> no pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. All right, and then any uh, – so that's kind of the defensive side. Any other safeties we need to get or to anybody we didn't talk about? I guess run down years again quick. Uh, Javon Holland, Buda Baker, Justin Simmons, Derwin James, and Minka Fitzpatrick. I had Harrison Smith, five. Justin Simmons, four. Derwin James, three. Buda Baker, two. And Minka Fitzpatrick, at one. So only one player different.
1: Uh, were, were you ready with kickers and punters or are we not worrying about special teams this year? Uh,
0: kickers are people too, but I had them in with my offensive players.
1: Okay. And we didn't want to dive into, uh, punting. You didn't want to break up punting highlight videos and have to go through, (laughs) you know, who are the top five punters in the NFL? You know, I I can, I couldn't even name who the top punters are in the NFL right now. Um... Who are the top punters in the NFL?
0: I started pulling together my list and I was really helped uh thankful that Johnny Hecker and Tress Way are both still punchers because those are the two I could name. And then the Chiefs, Tommy Townsend is apparently the best. I just remember he's the guy with the hair, but I couldn't have told you his name without looking it up.
1: Yeah. Um okay.
0: So no. So the,
1: the NFL has a punter shortage currently.
0: <laughs> I just I just think all the kickers should also be punters. You have to pull double duty.
1: Um the NFL needs Tory Taylor.
0: Is that the, is that the, I, uh, the rugby I, guy?
1: Yeah. The Iowa Australian punter who just pins people inside the 10 or the five basically every time.
0: Well, if he had an offense, he wouldn't get to play so much, but you know.
1: uh, Well, he will this year. So thankfully he will have an offense this year, but.
0: No, I, I uh, have some special team stuff. We can lump in next week with the offensive players.
1: Great. Wonderful.
0: Mostly by virtue of more time to prepare.
1: Sounds good. But yeah, we definitely can't uh, let the punters go without mentioning them.
0: So next week we'll get into quarterbacks, running back, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive linemen, kickers, returners. And do you want to do coaches? Do you want to give a top five coaches?
1: I don't see why not. I feel like we, we should. It could be an interesting debate.
0: And to tee it up, do you want to do offensive linemen by tackle, guard, center, or are we just doing a big offensive line list?
1: Uh, Just honestly, we should just – you could probably just make my list. Just put down five guys from Iowa <laughs>
0: and
1: Deal. then shuffle them around. And Brian top like Five offensive linemen. Uh, Scherf, Linderbaum, Werfs. Uh, I don't think Bulaga is still in the NFL. Maybe this doesn't work, but we'll we'll figure it out <laughs> got to
0: somewhere week.
1: well we'll find we'll find a way to put five Iowa guys on the offensive line next week
0: anything Anyways. anything else on this week's show we need to get to anything else in the sports world
1: uh no nothing uh nothing major in the sports world, but I guess did uh am I allowed to plug uh my other projects on this podcast or
0: yeah, go crazy we don't really have rules here.
1: All right. All right. Well, uh, I'm not leaving this podcast by any means, but I am going to be a part of a podcast called the Hawks Eye view that's starting up here within the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that Iowa people. We have a Twitter, we have a Facebook. Um, so if you listen to this and you can't get enough of my voice for whatever reason, <laughs> uh you'll actually get to see my face on that podcast as well. Um so yeah, I'll have to actually pretend to look good some days and uh get on Zoom calls and things like that. But should be a really uh, good podcast. I have a guy named Drew Shipley coming with me. Um, we're just met, but uh should be should be a good podcast. Obviously we'll be all Iowa Hawkeye focused, so I'll try to get the Hawkeye stuff off of this podcast because I'll be talking about it there, but uh, unless Darren really wants me to opine about Iowa-related stuff, but I'll leave that up to him, but just wanted to plug my other podcast.
0: I'm just generally disinterested in anything Big Ten unless it's Michigan. So,
1: Well, uh, Iowa has former Michigan players on their roster. Are you interested now?
0: Uh, sure. I'll take some J.J. McCarthy talk or whatever the other one's name is. Cade McNamara, Eric All, The Cade McNamara guy who got beat out by J.J. McCarthy, that one. Yeah,
1: but who's still good enough to lead a team to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of, in a couple weeks here, working on the schedule, so doing these two episodes, we have two weeks of college football previews, two weeks of NFL previews. We have a fantasy football episode with Andrew coming up. So working on the schedule right now for the remainder of July, August, and then September, of course, we'll sprinkle in baseball as it's happening, get NASCAR back in here and uh, whatever offseason Damian Lillard things happen in the NBA. So we'll have that all here, but going to be very football focused here for the next six to eight weeks as we gear up for the season.
1: Speaking of, um, next week we're doing quarterbacks. So have you watched Quarterback on Netflix yet?
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Uh, it's a documentary, hard knock style, that followed Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota for all of last season. So you get behind the scenes footage of them and their families and everything they went through. It's eight episodes, uh, roughly about an hour each, long each episode. Um, but some really good stuff. You'll, you'll come to like Kirk Cousins. And probably Patrick Mahomes a whole lot more than um, you did before. So
0: you said Mahomes, and then you said family, and we all know what that means.
1: Oh yeah, actually, you will like Brittany after
0: this. Uh, Between Brittany and Jackson, I don't. I'm nervous.
1: You won't. You don't see much of Jackson. You really get a lot of Brittany. Um, and yes, I'll admit. It's a little bit much at first, but uh by the end of the season you you come to like Britney a little bit more than uh the general public views her. So
0: I like the again, other guys. I like Mariota and Cousins, so I'm interested in that. And I, I do like Mahomes, it's just the people that surround Mahomes.
1: Yeah. Again, it's worth a watch. Um especially if you're bored and part of it is narrated and it's narrated and produced by like Peyton Manning. So, it's um that's that's really good. It's really good as well. So, um but for next season I'm hope they haven't announced if there's going to be a season 2, but I'm hoping that they follow uh, Joe Burrow and uh maybe Kenny Pickett and Lamar Jackson. I think that would be a good a good mix of quarterbacks. What if you Joe Burrow? Good-
0: yeah. Joe Burrow's supposed to—he's Mister Swag, Joe Cool. Everybody acts like he's you know this jet-setting lifestyle. What if he's just the most boring person in real life? And That's he, what- he just sits at home and reads old war books and boats about books about boats.
1: We would find that out real quick <laughs> if he was part of this documentary. We'd find that out real quick. But uh, yeah, I just think that would be interesting because there's a lot of um there's a lot of Mahomes versus Burrow interwoven into uh into this season of quarterback because obviously the Bengals beat them in the regular season but then the Chiefs beat them in the playoffs on their road to the Super Bowl but uh before that win in the playoffs the Bengals had beat the Chiefs three time in a row it's kind it's kind of a budding AFC rivalry i know that we think about Mahomes versus Allen but Mahomes versus Burrow is kind of the more competitive rivalry. So I'd like to see kind of the flip side with Joe Burrow and then Lamar Jackson as well, because we had the whole offseason Lamar Jackson drama with contracts and a new offensive coordinator and all that. I think it would just be really interesting stuff. And then, uh, a younger guy like Kenny Pickett get to see a guy making a year two jumper or trying to, but if they don't want to put Pickett on, put Trevor Lawrence on, or maybe put one of the rookie quarterbacks on, I think that would be really interesting just to see a rookie quarterback's journey. But I really like the I really like the concept of following the quarterback around for the season. I think it's a good show.
0: I like it. So now we've all got something to go watch and fill our time with, or binge get your, wet your whistle for football season.
1: Yeah, get an eight hour football fix.
0: Also, I'm, I'm sure Mahomes will be Mahomes or Rodgers will be number one, but I'm curious: who are we going to see in TV commercials more this year? Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow? Between the three of them, I wonder who's going to get the most commercial time.
1: I, I think Joe Burrow is probably the one out of out of most of those guys.
0: Now, like, I have no idea what their endorsements are. Like for a while Baker Mayfield was everywhere, and then everybody realized he was not as good as advertised, but Trevor Lawrence has that pretty boy sunshine thing, so he feels like he's very I guess Justin Herbert is well between the four of them. But Trevor Lawrence has that you know pretty boy sunshine look that I feel like commercial people love. Yeah, but I think you, the other ones can, yet?
1: I think you can do a lot of things with the Joe Cool moniker. I think that whole Joe cool brand could uh, really have him all over the place. But yeah, like you said, Mahomes, Rodgers Rogers will obviously be all over the place. But other than that, I think, I think Joe burrow will probably be all over the place. So coming
0: season. I'm ready for it. Just put football on my TV.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait for even, even what week zero or whatever they call it of college football season. I'm, I'm absolutely ready for that. Even if it's just like, San Jose State versus, I don't know, Fresno or something. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Let's go.
0: Well, we will have that all for you in the coming weeks here on the Sports Gospel, sportsgospel.com or wherever you find your favorite sports podcast. Always some new innovations here, so we'll keep you posted as we get some of those new things off the ground. We'll see you next time next week with our offensive player rankings and some updates on everything else going on in the sports world. We thank you all for joining us.